0: Inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind,
1: Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian, and I'm Carrie,
0: and we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Outlook. Radio Western. And welcome to another edition of Outlook here today on Radio Western. Another home edition, actually. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, Care, are you excited? It's the first, when we're recording this here on November the 12th, it's the first snowfall here in London, Ontario. I know you love snow.
1: Oh, really? Yes, I believe
0: it's snowing in Woodstock, too. I was actually just speaking with a friend of mine. Who lives in Woodstock, and uh, he was saying that it's getting kind of kind of gross out there, so
1: yeah, slush,
0: yeah, so. it's that t- time of year, yeah, I can hear it on my I can hear it on my window. There's like a little bit of a ticking kind of sound that you can hear the snow, but
1: well, we could maybe talk about that with our guest about not just about weather like we like to talk today on our show on any day, but about the senses when it comes to weather,
0: yeah, how it makes you feel and and different uh, effects you get from the seasons and all that kind of stuff because it's we were talking before we went on air how dry sometimes it, the air feels or
1: Yes, we're rounding down the year here on Outlook and uh I wanted to talk to someone today that I've been following on Facebook for a long time and I was thinking before about some of the interests we can ask um Mitch about today but this whole thing about the longer you have somebody on your Facebook you just you see them post about what they're interested in and so I really like your you're into such a wide variety of things Mitch but um before we get to that let's just introduce our guest today on Outlook Mitch Creedy thanks for coming on today
2: You're very welcome it's a pleasure to be here
0: Yeah and do you want to tell our listeners where you're where are calling in from today cuz we have guests from all over now with with Zoom and this technology and and stuff like that it's great to have people from all all over so
2: Sure yeah I am calling in today from uh, Vancouver Island uh, British Columbia in Canada and um, we've got a lovely sunny day here. It's about—I I don't know how what the temperature is, but uh, oh, you know what? I I kind of love the snow too. So I'm kind of jealous that you can hear the snow on your
0: window. Oh yeah, I don't mind it actually. I do like it in in moderation for a time. Like in the beginning, I find it really nice, and then a few months in, and sometimes it's kind of like ah, oh, I'm I'm done. But it it depends. It's I don't know. I I kind of like it, but.
2: I like it. I mean, I, I use a white cane and I find that because I grew up in South Africa, like I didn't learn to travel in the snow. So my cane skills in the snow leave a whole lot to be desired. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I try.
1: Yeah, I guess it gets a bit messier uh, depending on you got to watch your step as best as we can with our canes. Right. And and if you're used to it or how icy a spot is, then so that's uh that's a definite winter thing it can be messy for any of us really but
0: yeah and I find like it depends sometimes if it's sometimes it's really well cleared on the sidewalk and occasionally it helps because that gives me like a a barrier to kind of follow if it's if it's like shoveled really well and cleared off but other days when sometimes here it's like frozen and then thawed where it's like this really slippery icy hard surface on the ground and that I find is I just walk super super slow because yeah
2: yeah, dangerous. ice terrifies me. And I, I do apologize for that loud car that just went by. Of course, when you want to record, like all the loud stuff comes out, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is ice just terrifies me. I'm I'm a wimp. I just uh I, I, I'm afraid I, I use a lot of, you know, I use as much um assistance as I can get in that kind of weather because it just terrifies me.
0: Do you ever do you ever go uh, skating? Is that something you've ever been into?
2: I have been skating but I pref- I actually have been more into skiing. I used to do cross country skiing. Um unfortunately the program I was in shut down, but uh, I really enjoyed that and I've tried downhill skiing and I've enjoyed that as well. Skating eh, I'm not super like jazzed about skating. I've I have done it, but skiing it's because it's, it's in the outdoors. I like can BC there's no outdoor skating, so I but I love skiing and stuff like that.
0: Well, I struggle with with skating but Carrie here she's she's a pro.
2: Yeah. Oh really?
0: I'm not a pro. You're pretty good though, <laughs> Carrie, compared to me.
1: Well, yeah. My compared balance to you. is not
0: good and uh, I've never really been able to skate. I've tried a couple times like holding onto my dad's hands and stuff like that, but it's uh it's a str- bit of a struggle for me.
2: Yeah, it is. I found the balance tricky too. Like he wanted me to do these spinny things and I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: So what do you think about balance as far as m- when you can't see Mitch? Do you have any thoughts yeah. on that or?
2: um, I guess so. I mean, I, I grew up riding horses, so my balance was pretty good and, and stuff growing up, but when I was about 20, I, lo- I think I was 20. Yeah. I lost the rest of the little tiny bit of vision I had, which honestly, it wasn't much. It's laughable that I even call it eyesight, but um, it was something. And so when I lost that, I uh, I kind of found my balance became more challenging. And so my sort of antidote for that was I actually, well, I started doing like yoga and stuff. I need to get back into it because when I was doing yoga, my my balance was really good. So I think like when you can't see, trying to do those core strength things. And like, I got an exercise, you know, one of those big balls that you can sit on. I got one of those and I started sitting on that. And that, that really helped me for a long time. Now I've gotten lazy, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. for sure. I think, you know, I used to see more than I do now. Brian's always seen something a little, little bit. And you do wonder how it affects your balance if you've you know, throughout anyone's lifetime, but especially when, you know, all three of us here have a slightly different perspective we're coming at it from, but it's a common thing you hear over and over again. So you think it's, it does have to do with the core strength, but also your sense of where you, where you are spatially.
2: Yeah. And I think like, for me, I use echolocation and I find that when I intentionally use echolocation, my, I don't know. I don't think my balance is better, but I'm aware of where I am in space. Well, I'm always aware of where I am in space, but in a different way, I'm aware of where I am in space. And I think that it's kind of probably similar to someone who can see like seeing a horizon, but I could be talking out of my hat as well. I actually don't know for <laughs> a fact.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, when you, when you talk about, you know, you had a little, just a little bit of vision, which you said almost is laughable or like to say that you've lost this this little bit, but you know, for me even, I have I have light perception, and it's been the same my entire life, where I see light and dark, and just a little bit of shadow, but I do, you know, the idea of losing that does sort of scare me a little bit, because I, it's always been the same, and I think I do depend on it, but at the same point, I think a lot of times I'm thinking, maybe I'm, I'm seeing, like when I walk down the street, and I can sense if there's a tree or something, or a pole in front of me, but I think also it's more of a sense, I'm not ne- maybe necessarily even seeing it, maybe I'm just feeling it, blocking the blocking the space or something and and then just quickly on the balance thing carrie and i have both have scoliosis of the of the spine so we've both had surgeries and you know i've always had some skeletal things obviously that caused that in the beginning but i think that also contributes that often people say you know my shoulders are, are sort of off balance or my head's kind of turned to one side more than the other and all of these things can, can affect it but it's uh
2: yeah, and, and interesting that you bring that uh, up in terms of um, eyesight. So um, when I lost the but a sight that I had, I mean, I, I kind of really went through a grieving process, which mm-hmm. was, you know, again, like a lot of people didn't really understand that. <laughs> I mean, I, it makes total sense to me, but, um, but essentially what ended up also coming up for me was um, what you're saying about the location and the sensing things so what's come up for me is that i i go to the eye doctor and they'll be like no you're you're totally blind you're totally blind and, and of course right they're you know my retinas a shot like of course i've got written up the prematurity they're a goner so essentially but i say to them but i swear to you that i can see things and so when I started, um, I worked with uh, with Daniel Kish, who who works with like echolocation, and um, he also calls it flash sonar. So, it, you know, pick your term. But essentially, um, once I started working with him, I, like I remember the first day we were working together, and I I could see, I could, in quotes, see something. And I just, like, I burst into tears. I was like, what the heck? This is so cool, right? But it's because like you, he was explaining to me that, you know, it's, it's just because your brain is, um, that part of your brain that, 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 um, that uh, is activated by sight is now being activated with maybe hearing or different senses that are coming in, but it's still, in my brain, it creates a little grainy image in my, in my brain. And so, yeah, it's, it's very, very fascinating. And I only have ever had one eye specialist that actually um, acknowledged that. And the last one I went to kind of said, yeah, well, actually, you know, this is what's going on. And then, and he said, if, if I, you know, if I would do an MRI on you and you were doing this, I, I would be able to see that that visual cortex is being activated. And it was so nice to hear it from somebody like that as well. Right. So anyway, that's just my long-winded <laughs> response, but it's fascinating.
0: No, I love it. Yeah. Cause I always think about that like quite a bit. And I, I always thought it was my vision, but. I find even when I'm in the dark, like total darkness in my apartment, I often can like when I'm walking past the door, like I can sense where the door is, and I don't like run into the doorway doorway or anything because I know where it is in space. And so,
2: uh, yeah. yeah, you. I actually had um, I had a I, I did an experiment where I spent like a couple of days with a sleep shade on, like voluntarily, and um, I actually started having some some visual things going on in my brain um that that were a bit frightening at first until I realized that, you know, I I didn't know what was going on. But then once we sort of honed honed it in a little bit, I realized that even with that sleep shade on, I was actually seeing little little images. So um so yeah, I mean, be that as it may, <laughs> it would be fascinating to um I would love to be like a subject and get studied and be like, yeah, it would just be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's funny the idea of that whole being study because I think we're just beginning to understand the brain and how it all works and the senses and you know multisensory cross you know senses yes. crossed over and and before and we think seeing visually is this is the main way and what's what other ways are there and but to be able to actually get get some studying done to know more about that we're just at the beginning.
2: We are. We really are. Like I do some energy work. In fact, I've I've just I'm starting to. Well, I'm starting to qualify, and like I've still got to do a lot of case studies. But working on becoming a therapeutic touch um, practitioner, it's it's kind of a long haul. But it's it's been fascinating to me to start to, cause I'm, I'm a little bit into woo woo, but I'm also a little bit like skeptical. I'm a lot <laughs> skeptical. <laughs> and so, so when I get into this woo woo, I'm like, okay, well, does this is actually work. And so with therapeutic touch, it's been scientifically studied. And so what I, what I essentially started to notice is that I was picking up on people's energy fields. Right. And, and before I did this course, you know, my, my teacher was actually just over here this morning to, to evaluate me. And, um, and she so I was talking to her about this. And I said, you know, it's fascinating to me to, to understand that I am actually am feeling things and sensing things and things are coming into my awareness in different ways since I have taken your course. Um, and so it's been, I think we're just really, as you say, Carrie, on the cusp of understanding.
1: I think so. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing to talk to doctors, and you know, for a show like this where we're broadcasting first, If anybody at Radio Western, you know, this is airing on the radio channel first, and at out know, of that university right in London, Ontario. So, if there's professors listening, we all need to keep having this kind of a dialogue, so it's not like just one sided. Oh, the you know the the medical professionals or science scientific experts are studying the studied right we have to make it more collaborative but yeah it depends on what you're if if you are looking for that sort of thing in your life not everybody's feeling up that for that sort of thing
2: exactly and it's it's wonderful that we can have those conversations i'm a bit you know i'm a i'm cautious because we're on the air and i'm not sure what the boundaries are but but i'm i'm, I'm just like i really do think that that is a conversation that is so interesting to have and you know it it just brings to me that i mean I, I, I view myself as whole i've even you know people i'm blind but i i don't view that as a quote disadvantage or disability i just view it as a part of me because i was like this from birth and so and it just brings to my mind that you know i think we there's so many ways that all of us take in the world and we're only just you know we're so focused on the senses the five senses um, but I think there's so much more, and I think that people who have a different experience, maybe in life, might use those other senses a little bit more than than you know you then like everybody has them like with echolocation, everybody can do it, but I have to, I need to do it, and so I use it more.
0: Absolutely, and that's what I love this show because we get everyone's experiences, and we all have such a different life experience and being able to to broadcast this on Radio Western first before it's uploaded as a podcast. it it just gives this forum out there that you just never know who might be listening. and uh, it's just it's so great to have these conversations. And uh, I just wanted to say for anyone who has been listening or maybe didn't catch the beginning, we are speaking today with a first time guest, Mitch Creedy from Vancouver Island, British Columbia. and it's been a great discussion so far. so many so many sort of off the cuff sort of things coming up, but I love that. I love how. We want to keep this show conversational and just see what comes up in a certain moment and and uh jump on those discussions so it's uh always interesting
2: yeah i love it i see it as a conversation i'm i'm having a little speak, couple sips of coffee as we as we speak because i just go. love it i think it's a conversation i hope that's okay but
0: perfect anyway. it's perfect
1: yeah and i look we don't really you know it started out with the two of us as siblings with our own perspective to share and then it slowly became We're speaking to all these other people and hearing their perspectives, and so you can't really put much of a cap on that, you know, as long as it's not outright hate speech or harming someone, right? Of course, there are boundaries, but we want people to just feel comfortable enough to just share what they're interested in because that's where we're going to learn things that we didn't didn't plan to learn, maybe
2: exactly yeah and it's and it's it makes it a safe space which it which is so important especially nowadays you know safe spaces and and braver spaces um you know where you can maybe be a bit vulnerable and it's okay you know so it's it's really powerful to have a a show like yours so thank you for having me here it's lovely
1: and that's something we talk about all the time with the show yeah cool
2: nice
0: yeah so we don't like to keep it you know fully like we said keep keep it conversational but we do like to get a bit of autobiographical sort of information. So we thought maybe if you could tell us a little bit about, you'd mentioned already that you uh, grew up in South Africa. And if you could talk a little bit about that. And then we also wanted to know a little bit about what's one thing that you'd you'd say is different about how blindness is looked at or dealt with, uh, or in one current thing, or just, you know, anything in, in, in South Africa compared to here and sort of what your experience Ooh. was like, you know, coming to Canada. and, and
2: Wow. Uh, okay. It's if a if pretty, I'm big, to pretty big, pretty big question
0: there, but you know. We got we got time. So. <laughs>
2: wow. Okay. So yes, I, I did. I grew up in South Africa. Um, I uh, at the time when I was growing up, they they are um, they were putting you in a school for the blind, and so I went to school for the blind and I, um, I attended there till I was probably about grade ten equivalent. It was a little different the grades. So, but um, when we when I was in grade ten, I came here to Canada. And, um, yeah, it, it's very interesting that you ask this now, um, about South Africa. Um, just sort of pondering it for a second. For sure. Yeah. yeah. In terms of blindness, I, I honestly, it's, it's, it might have changed now because I was there mm, 20 odd years ago. So we, we came here in 94. But one of the things that I, I often find is that I'm, I'm, I'm quite Drawn to the blind community, if you will, if you can call it that, in South Africa. Um, well, probably because I grew up there, but also I find that the um, it's people, and I'm trying to say this in a in a positive to put both countries in a positive light because that's my intention. Of so course, in. Yeah. Yeah, in in Canada, I find in my small world of experiences that um, what is valued is is in quotes independence, right? Doing it on your own, doing it by yourself, and all this sort of thing. And I I did buy into that for quite a long time. What I found in South Africa is it's it's a bit more um, community oriented. So let's take for example. Um, so, for example, my my growing up there, um, it it was it was a little bit, it wasn't quite as safe always to walk around with your cane and stuff at that point. And as I say, it's who knows what it's like now. I haven't been there for a long time, but it was sort of like. So I did learn to use a cane. I've got I've got very good cane skills, but because because there was a lot of of anxiety and tension for different reasons that kind of go beyond the scope of this show i guess but what what what's the reality was then that i developed a bit of anxiety about traveling but it, it, over there it wasn't a big deal because i could find someone to travel with or i could walk with somebody like people are just like more you know you, they always want to get together and it's very it's a very sociable culture so it was like okay well let's just do this thing and then i came here and what's prized is, is like doing it by yourself. And so I, I got into a little bit of hot water at one point because, um, because I just, I, I kind of, I don't know, I sort of I was using my cane and I was doing all these things, but, but then I sort of almost like bottomed out. It was like, okay, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know how to, the world has become so complex. And I, I just, I, then I realized that I actually was quite anxious. So I had to, I had to deal with that um because there were good reasons for me to be anxious of course i would be anxious i mean when i was learning there was it wasn't always safe and and it is you know it was safe here so so i had to relearn some things and i mean of course you know everything was on the other side of the street the traffic flow and all that stuff and you know i i kind of had to come to terms with with how different it is here right and 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 so um Here it's, it's, yeah, it's very hard to explain. Um, I also found that when I was in South Africa, a lot of my friends that I've known there, they've kind of done a lot of like what they've kind of started their own businesses or something like that, because, because the employment opportunities are a bit more limited, I guess. Um, But on the other side here, it's, it's sort of like, we're told there's a lot of opportunities and employment and all this kind of thing. And yet, sometimes the experience that we have is that we actually can't jump through the hoops. I actually, I was a bit, um, had a bit of a meltdown before I came here today, because I I kind of had to, um, I had had to stop a, a program of study that I was undertaking, because things just weren't there were so many barriers and yet oh. they all told me yeah you can do it you can do it and this morning when my teacher came her husband said oh not her husband sorry her partner said um yeah no you know what um i can help you and i and i and i and i started crying and i said you know what that's great but i said you you cannot get my hopes up because my, my hopes have been dashed too many times like I've stopped attaching to outcomes because I find here like we tell people, oh yes, you can do anything, and yet there's so many barriers. Whereas in South Africa, we're very straightforward and we would say, you know, I don't know if you can do this, or yeah, you could try this, but these are the barriers that you're probably going to face. And some some people I would never tell someone you can't do it because I don't believe in that. But I just think like the conversations we have are much more straightforward. Um, sometimes people say, think I'm being rude, but I'm actually just, I just want, I want so badly for someone to be successful that I will tell them the good, the bad and the ugly. I won't just say, Oh yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Cause the reality is, yeah, you know, it's not always true. So, so I had to go and get a coffee before the show because I thought, oh, and then I got stuck in the lineup. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Huh. laughs> yeah. Well, I shouldn't have a meltdown before I come on the shows. So.
1: I know we're trying to decide how, you know, what else to discuss before if there's a bit of time or is it better to put something else off so you can just focus on and being on here and now, but that's hard in the, in these times we're all living in.
2: Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, you know, and I think people, people have good intentions, but uh, uh, sometimes I just want to know, I want to know what's what's going to happen and why, like what, because if I know there's going to be a barrier, then I can do something, I can try and do something about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really just, I really like how you talk about the, the difference in, in the, in the countries there and the society of, I think about that actually more and more about this collect, I prefer to it maybe as like a collective more compared to here where it's more individual, individualistic to where I, I think it's, it's like anything in life. I think sort of a balance is good, but, I do think often here it is expected, like, oh, Canada is such a... People often, you know, maybe assume if... Or say, oh, it's such a free country here. it's We have so many things, and we do. But at the same point, sometimes I think we are unrealistic. And it is very important to, like you say, outline that you never would tell someone they can't do something. But it's also not healthy to say, like, oh, you can do anything. And there's no issues. Like, you got to be realistic. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that. And I also... I just think it is so much better when we un- we can work as a collective and it's, it's hard, it's hard to all work together. And it's, it's, it's a balance. It's good to have independence as well. But, and sometimes I think it is just ingrained in us like, Oh, we shouldn't be asking for help. We shouldn't be asking for support because it's just, we're, it's looked at sometimes as a weakness for some reason when really we're all here together. We're all having different experiences, but yet we're all human. And we, we, we do need to be, you know, working together and, and connecting with each other. So,
2: Oh my goodness, you're speaking my language, Brian. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think for me, I've really changed my mind on what independence looks like, and I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of having, I'm having a bit of trouble lately with even that word. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think of myself as interdependent, and I think of myself as, you know, and to give you an example, so I. I used to work in the school system with students who were blind or partially sighted, and independence meant different things for each of my students. For for one of the students, it maybe meant, um, you know, being able to exactly it meant being able to go to class, doing everything on their own. For another student, it was more important for them to be connected with peers, and so. They didn't care if they learned how to do it themselves. Now we did, we did obviously work on all these things so that they could make their own choices. But essentially my, my idea of independence is that, okay, when you get to choose. You are going to learn how to do it with your cane and whatnot. But if you in the end choose to go with a buddy, like as long as that is your choice, I don't care. I really don't care. And I think, you know, when we, like for me, when we work together, you know, we, we can get so much more done. Like, like if I, I, we have two miniature horses and I think about them and I think, okay, let's say like, sometimes I want to go, I want to go and I want to, you know, go and take care of them. Well, they live on someone else's farm and, and the farm is, you know, it's someone else's property. So I can't really expect things to be quite set up for me in whatever way, but, but I can work together with other people instead of going like, oh, I've got to do it all myself. I could work with other people um, to say, all right, can you just, can you take, can you take me, because sometimes they're in a different field and I don't know where they are. Okay. Well, can you help me look for them? Right. I mean, there's just, if we work together and and I find like when I work together with people, oh, I make the best friends too. I, I just, I love it. Like when I go shopping, I have some allergies and I don't and like, I don't, I can go shopping by myself, but I don't like it Me because neither. sometimes, yeah, sometimes people like change the containers or they change the labels and they put things in there. So I rather would go with a site to someone that can see and then say, okay, well, I want to buy some mayonnaise, but I'm allergic to eggs. Oh, well, they don't have the one I normally use. And then I've got someone right there who I trust because I have to trust that they are going to get me a mayonnaise with no eggs because I don't really value going to hospital for allergies
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah indeed so yeah there's just there's so much we can talk about here today and it's been such a great discussion so far we are speaking today on Outlook with Mitch Creedy from Vancouver Island and uh, it's actually time now for a quick break but uh, we will be back after these ads with more of today's program Outlook Western.
1: Welcome back to Outlook this morning on Radio Western, or as a podcast after the fact. You're listening to Outlook, and I'm here with my brother Brian. And today we are speaking with Mitch Creedy out on Vancouver Island. Thanks again, Mitch, for coming on Outlook.
2: You're so welcome.
1: And before the break, you were a pretty good sport when we asked you sort of, you know, this whole comparing and contrasting when you talk about two different, two different places or separate places or one place here and one place there, for example. You never want to feel like you're comparing and, and perspective is always the key, but it is fascinating to hear what it's like in other in other countries and different cultures because we just don't even think of it when we don't have to.
0: Yeah,
2: it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, and again, like you, you commented, you know, very well how, you know, it's not, you're trying to give positive things because it is different in, in South Africa from Canada, but at the same point, we are just, People and, and living in in this world, so it's there's obviously you know good things about a, of any country, and and sometimes you know you get people get these misconceptions and all this kind of stuff. So it's just great to uh, to have these discussions and speak with someone who is originally from South Africa. Only for the you know just that it's a different experience in some ways, and yet there's a lot of similar things too. So
2: yeah, yeah, I love it here as well. Right, it's great. Yeah,
1: and you came, you came here, you said, were you in 10th, or around the 10th grade? Grades are different in different places. But, you know, to come at this point in your teen sort of years, I don't know what that was like for you. Was that, is that memorable for you or?
2: I actually just saw it as a great big adventure. Right. <laughs> I was like stoked. Cool. I don't know why. I mean, I, everyone was like, Oh, it's going to be so hard and I just was like, eh, I'll make some new friends. Like I was sad to leave my old friends of course, but I just thought it's a great big adventure for some reason.
1: <sighs> Excellent. Yeah, ex- exploration.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. I'd never been in a school that wasn't a school for the blind, so yeah, it was just it was just a very it's a big adventure. I had, you know, good Braille and blindness skills and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I, I was like, eh, you know what? Um, I just had fun with it.
1: So, yeah, that's one of the things we talk about when we talk about schools for the blind versus integrated schooling. Like there is a lot, a lot of places around here now, and there have been since we were really in school, uh, about the sort of skills you learn uh, at a school for the blind, uh, depending on which one that might be, what decade you went there. Uh, you learn different skills or level, levels of skill, and of course, some people are stronger Braille readers than others. It's like reading for anyone. Uh, but I take, Braille has always been a big thing for you. It's always you just do you remember a time before Braille? Because we really don't. so
2: I personally I'm a big, big, big advocate of Braille because I mean, it just I just am that's that's who I am. but I, um I don't remember a time when I didn't have braille in my life at all and so even for my when I worked in the school for the students who could see something I would say well depending on their situation condition I would advocate you know at least if you learn um blindness skills and braille and and different skills you will get to get to make a choice about how you about how you access information you might not choose to use braille but I do you know, each again, each system has its advantages and disadvantages. I do, I do really believe in the value of um, blind children having a chance to to be educated, uh, to 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 be educated where they live. I think that's really cool, and I also think that it, there's a lot of value in creating spaces where they can be with their peers who are also blind, because otherwise they grow up and they don't ever know that they are not alone. And I also think that in terms of resources, I, I have this pipe dream where, you know, each district, like each school district, would have a, um, you know, a few schools that really have intensive services for blind children so that, you know, it, you don't have to go to those schools. But they, if I think about how thinly I was spread in the school system, and then I think about how powerful I could have made my services if I was only, in a couple of if I was in like a couple of schools but I had you know braille printers and all those different things that one tends to need or you know having a having a, a couple of blocks a week where we had braille class you know um just I have so many ideas that go around in my head with that kind of thing of course I wouldn't you know I'm not a huge advocate of people having to leave their their homes and their families to go to school so so that's kind of my my hybrid model if i could make the the world into a different place
0: <laughs> yeah we we always talk about braille on this show because we're also very both very big advocates for it and you know so so i imagine then you learned it when you were quite young like like we did and it's it's one of those t- things too and it does come to these these schools for the blind where it's like so many things in life where i think there's there's some balance there to where we were both integrated so we didn't have that experience. I mean, we had some summer camps and stuff where we met blind people as kids, but it's really been since starting this show. And then and a little bit before that, the past five years where we've really started to get reconnected with the quote unquote blind community here in Canada. And it's, it is great to have both because if you, if you're at, just at a school for the blind, then I find you, it can be difficult to sort of adjust to the, 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 the world out there or the sighted world, if you want to call it that it's all of these terms are always kind of interesting to, to yes. use, but um. So I, I always do think yes. it, is, it is a balance, but it, it is great to hear that you learned it at an early age. Cause I know some people just don't have that, uh, aren't that lucky or depending what school they're in. And if they still do, like you, you talked about, if people can still see a bit at the, at the schools that you've worked at, it's, you know, sometimes they're not taught it because it's like, oh, you can still see, we'll give you extra large print when really we should be at least given the opportunity to learn this skill fr- from, from as early as possible because it is a valuable skill and we, we sometimes, I think, sometimes, especially these days, it's it's not as valued as it as it should be.
2: I agree, um, and I, you know, what my my frustration with the model that we have in BC is that not all schools have equal services. They'll they'll tell you that they do, but I can tell you from firsthand experience that that they don't. Um, I I actually, you know, without getting into too much detail. But when I left, when I left the this, this school system, um, and then and then started hearing about some of the things that were no longer available to students and all this kind of thing, and I remember one day, I I was uh, I I was sitting here and I and I was just learning about some different things that had occurred, and you know with your budget cuts and all these different the things that tend to happen that of course affect our blind students and affect all students, but especially our blind kids who need Braille and all the rest of it. And I was sitting in my bed and I was just crying, like I was just sobbing. And my partner came up and she's like, what is going on? Like she figured something terrible had happened. And I was just crying and crying because I said, you know, I, I, I poured my heart and soul into these children. And 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 now I see this particular thing happening. And now You know what is going to happen to these children? You know, it was just uh, my my heart was absolutely broken for these for these kids.
1: And what we're doing with here in Ontario, just in recent days and weeks, with the strikes in the in the educational system for children with you know educational assistants and early childhood educators and all this extra stuff that they do. That's not just about the teacher or teaching, because teaching can mean a bunch of different things and. And so we know about this, that each school isn't going to be totally equal and these kids deserve everything they can get, but that's sometimes hard to access.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. I, I feel for kiddos. Um, and I feel for parents. I've actually, you know, I've started touching base with different parents and different kiddos that, that I've just, that I just know from, from other avenues. And, uh, you know, just kind of trying to steer them to some resources and, and whatnot. But that's just on my own time. I don't get paid or nothing. I just do it because I, I want them to succeed. Um, and I, you know, I just, I'm going to try and hook up with Braille Literacy Canada and see if there's not some kind of a difference that can be made in that avenue as well. Yes, and we've spoken
1: with them on this show before, Braille Literacy Canada. They are really great to have here in Canada, I think. Yes, definitely. So there's a social side of things and that comes, you know, that comes to education and all these different things, but we've talked a bit about doctors and and the scientific community understanding, but as far as this show's talking about a wider idea of intersectionality, and I know that's sort of the buzzword of the day, but it really is just a word for something that's always been a part of, of human beings. So you and I were recently talking about, sort of autonomy in the healthcare system. I wondered if you've had some recent experiences with that. I don't know what you'd wanted to share here today on Outlook about that, but as far as you know advocating in that kind of role medically with disability.
2: Mm, yes, great. Thank you. Um yeah, so I recently had to access the um the healthcare system more intentionally uh, I, I, I'm transgender. I, I identify as non-binary and that's been like a recent thing um, in the last few years. And it's very fascinating how blindness and that have intersected. <laughs> but uh, recently I had um, gender affirming top surgery and I decided, you know, I, I, I have a lot of just trauma from being in the medical system and um, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. So, but, but I'll just put a, content warning out there that you know that's it just is I'm gonna give a little bit of information about the hospital but not enough not any detail um but anyway so I went I went in there and I said look if if we're gonna be successful because it was something that I needed to do for my own mental health um and I avoided it as long as I could and when I went in I said look you know what I need someone who is just there for me But like, when I go in, and when I reach the OR, then they can go away. When I'm in recovery, they need to come back. (laughs) Because um, I said, because otherwise, your, your nurses or your doctors or whatever is working, whoever's working with me, are going to spend a lot of time just telling me what's going on. Now, as it happened, they were fabulous about telling me what was going on. I had the most amazing anesthesiologist. I had a great surgeon. Uh, they were fantastic. All the nurses, my hat goes off to all of them. So they were fabulous. But but I didn't know that they would be fabulous. So um, I I've got a lot of really good thank yous to do for that uh, hospital for sure. I gotta send some cards. But um, essentially you know, they allowed me to bring somebody, actually was my partner, to accompany me through the whole system. And, you know, there was some paperwork to fill out and to sign. So she was able to, to read that to me and, you know, let me know what was going on. Um, because, you know, the, the reco- for example, the recovery nurses are very busy. They've got patients course, that are, yeah. yeah, they're just waking up, right? And so um, <laughs> I got them to bring her in and just she just stood with me. Uh, I don't remember a lot. <laughs> I, I apparently I started saying lots of very strange things, but um, yeah. So so I think it's very important that we advocate for ourselves in the medical system, and with you know blindness and and gender identity intersecting, it's been very complicated. Very complicated, right? Because people go. well, well, how do you know, you know, you can't see, or why do you think you you want to dress differently? You can't see. Well, I know how I feel.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. and that's not things that we're all feeling. That's your unique perspective. And so we all need to, it's that thing about, I guess, when we're in in a state where we're going to the hospital, whether even if it's to come out on the other side, you know, feeling better, Preferably, but it's it's a time where a lot of us are quite vulnerable, and I think that's a hard time for people because you don't know what to expect. Always, there's there's chaotic situations like in an ICU or a busy hospital, as we're seeing in Canada these days, and 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 it, there's not always time to have those conversations when really dialogue is important to have. Yeah.
2: Yes, definitely, and I and even you know when it came to my my surgeon, you know, we had some dialogue about, okay, if you're going to come at me with something, you need to let me know. And then just actually when, in my last appointment, um, there was something that was happening and my partner said, oh, here, he, oh, hang on a minute. The person's going to do that right now. And then the, the, the surgeon kind of went, oh yeah, yeah. I need to let you know that. And, uh, but if she hadn't told me, I would have just, you know, jumped or got anxious. And that whole fight or flight response would have kicked in again. And and so now you know it's it's helping because it's reprogramming my brain to to know that not every experience with the medical profession is a traumatic one, right um interesting interesting about that is the other day i I was at the doctor, and it was just a very routine visit but but something something needed to be paid attention to, and i and i I got a little bit anxious, and I looked at her and I said, "You know what this is so weird because i'm I've had this before, and i'm fi- I'm always fine." And and then, you know, afterwards I, I kind of had a little bit of a I had a little bit of a cry. And then I said, you know what? I think it's just because my my brain is still trying to get used to the fact that it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. I'm gonna be taken care of and I know how to advocate for myself, right? Because as children, like as blind children, like I know my parents did a lot of advocacy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm st- I've stepped into my own power as an adult. And I think I'm advocating for myself and I'm still not expecting everybody to listen to me, you know? And so the other day it was actually quite, quite special because she said to me, it's, it's fine. It's not a problem. Um, I could see why this would be upsetting when you can't see what's going on. And, and I, and I got through everything just fine, but I just, I needed someone to understand that maybe I needed a break. Um, Maybe I just needed to sit for a minute when we were done just to re reorient myself and it's it's nice that we can have those kinds of conversations
0: yes i think this is so great here we're speaking with with mitch creedy here today on outlook from vancouver island and i just think it's so great that we're talking here about intersectionalities and identity specifically and and you identifying as transgender non-binary and you know these are it's like anything out there where when it's something new or or not new obviously this has been going on for a long time with with humans but for in history but it's being talked about finally and i just think anything that people aren't used to is uh, is can be uncomfortable for people for people but the only way to to change that is to talk about it more and i just i really do appreciate you being honest about you know about mentioning the the top surgery and just just the medical system and your experiences you know it's stuff i've learned more and more about the past few years there's actually a musician who uh they spoke about their their top surgery on a podcast and it's something I learned about, and i just I think it's so important that we we start talking about this more because we we all have different experiences, but yet we're all we're all here together, and we all should just be understanding and and understand that we all identify differently, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that it's just we're all human, and i just i I, I absolutely love this this discussion
2: and i I, I so appreciate that you are you know, comfortable with this discussion. I talked to Kerry last week when we were doing a little bit of chit-chat and I said, you know, I'd like to talk about it. Um, because I'm very open to questions. You know, I I, I want I, I want to answer questions. It's um I, I don't know, it's just very important. And I think like i have I s I've I've really struggled to find um role models, you know, and stuff. So I, I'm very if we, if I did a whole show on this kind of intersectionality stuff, I would, that would be, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. This mu- musician I speak of, Jess, they work, they work for Bandcamp, which is a music site I also love. So it was just, it was really great discussion to hear. And, you know, I hadn't heard the term top surgery before that, but they, they talked about it very openly and it was just very refreshing to hear, to hear this stuff talked about. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's so important. And that's why I love this show. We get to get, so many different perspectives and experiences in it. Uh, it's so fun. Yeah.
2: so
1: awesome. Yeah. But we want to thank every guest we have on the show, including you, Mitch, for just be willing to be vulnerable or whatever the word is you want to put in there or just honest or open. Like you said, you, you, you like to be an explorer and learning new things and trying things, but also you also are a bit of a healthy skeptic. And so this is why it's, and these university situations, like with Radio Westerns out of Western Ontario there and Western, these are young people. It's school, and that's what school is supposed to be, to keep exploring and being curious about the world. So if you kind of close your mind down too early, then that's then just going to be a hindrance for everybody.
2: Exactly. I absolutely agree. A school really opened my mind if it wasn't for higher like university like post-secondary education I don't think I would be where I am today with my journey.
1: And life's a path for anybody so we all go through things in slightly different ways but as long as we try and remind ourselves and each other about keeping open minds and learning always because that's where growing comes from.
2: Oh for sure yeah it's not all about school but I think like for me I grew up you know in a more conservative setting and I think just if if you can expose yourself to some kind of a situation where you do open your mind or are asked to to open your mind a bit, um it's healthy ideas, yeah.
0: yeah, it's kind of like traveling or something where you're just you're getting a different perspective, and it just it really enriches your your thought process, and it's it's like going to school, you're just thrown into a new a new group of people that you've never met before and in different situations that you wouldn't normally be in. And it just gives you those experiences. But you can find those, like I said, with travel and, and so many different areas in life.
2: Oh, absolutely. There's so many ways. There's even, even some following people on social media or, or joining a uh, meetup or anything. Anything. It's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would call myself definitely an introverted person overall. But especially as I get older and, and more confident, I do... I do love people and I find people so interesting and fascinating and I love, that's why I just love to get, to make as many connections as possible because I just think I learn so much and it just makes my life so much better.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's funny how you meet people. I wouldn't have met half the interesting people in my life in recent years if I was just back having to stay within, you know, the area and before technology did open that up that I wouldn't have met certain people that I haven't met all of them in person yet. And that's okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like you and I have never met in person, but here we are. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, and it always—it's a bit of a different vibe when you're actually in person with someone. Not qu- ever quite the same as as virtual or having a call, but still, you—you know—you still pretty do pretty well get to know someone that way as well. So it's—it's uh, it's been but so But I've great. appreciated and
1: having phone calls recently because, again, if you text all the time, then you lose that element. So we're gonna have to remind ourselves to keep going back to where we sort of start with.
2: Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Good point.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this this hour's flying by, but we still do have about 7 minutes left. Always interesting to to keep track of the time and figure out where we're at and there's so much we can talk about, but Kara, what do you what do you think we should we should continue talking about here because there's just so many questions and like we said already yeah. we're thinking about having Mitch on again sometime because I just think there's so much we could all talk about.
1: Yes, and no matter what you go through, you'll have new things to add, new stories, new ways of looking at it. So um but yeah thanks again mitch i think we'll i mean let's end up on a light note i guess i've seen a lot of things on facebook recently about you and you're loving to cook and we don't talk about that subject enough on the show i don't know you want to tell us about a recipe or something you're enjoying right now and and how you how you adapt to be able to do that um yes
2: successfully Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. I just interrupted you. But I'm, um, yeah, I love cooking. We should definitely do this conversation on a show one day again. Um, I'm going to be starting a cooking blog even. Oh, but nice. I, yeah.
0: I'm excited. I, 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 that- I do try to cook, but I'm, and I, I cook quite a bit on my own independently and everything, but I need to get better at recipes because often I'll look one up online and then I'm just like, I always stray from it. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to try this or that. And I guess that makes the too. thing I
1: <laughs> m- make everything I know what to make already. Yeah, and
0: I, I don't know. I think I get it from our mom care because oftentimes I don't me- like I don't have proper. I need to get proper measuring things. But often I just kind of do it by hand and by feel and smell and and that kind of <laughs> stuff, which, you know, that works, too. But anyway, go go on there, Mitch. I was getting excited there. Oh.
2: Yeah, no, I, I love it. You, I think you're on my Facebook. You got to follow my, my cooking. I'm going to just start doing some videos, but one of the things that I've recently gotten into is making sauerkraut and kimchi. And, um, you know, some of actually, I I really appreciate, um, a lot of the, the expensive cooking tools that you get from like network marketing companies or fancy cooking stores and stuff, you know, I, I am sadly, I'm sorry to say that I do collect these things. I love to use them. gadgets, yeah, gadgets make my life like so easy, but, uh, but you can absolutely cook without gadgets too. I'm just a gadget person. And so I think for me um, and the other thing I love to do is to bake cookies, bake things. So if you go on my Facebook, you'll see a beautiful video of me, licking the um whisker from making chocolate chip cookies so yeah you know just enjoy just really enjoy that beautiful thing because i'm just ridiculous on my facebook with my cooking
0: (laughs) yeah that's one area i've haven't i've never really done much is baking and it's you know I, i i i living on my own and stuff here it it takes a bit of time and i need to kind of focus most of my attention on meals so that i'm eating you know healthy but obviously you can make desserts that are healthier too and baking and stuff as well uh but it's definitely an area I'd like to learn more about, and I think from what I've heard anyway, baking, my cooking can be a little bit more by feel or whatever i do, decide to do, but I think baking maybe needs to be a little more precise
2: yeah, it's a science you gotta you yeah. gotta follow the recipe um, but i'm always i love cooking and i I love to give tips um and you know quite honestly you 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 can you can do so much on a budget and and healthy I actually I eat a lot of plant-based foods because I have a dairy allergy. So yeah, oh my goodness, I love cooking. Love it. Well, I could
1: learn a lot from you and I'm going to keep hearing what you're about with the cooking and the baking because it's the science of it and it's the art and free creativity
2: of it. Exactly. Awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then we still have a few minutes so we can, I know you, you know, there's so many things and we don't want to get maybe into a super deep discussion because we are kind of running low on time. But like, I know you're, you're into gardening and and, uh, and I think you have ponies, I believe. And then also you'd you started up a, a Facebook group um, uh, for people with disabilities. And I think that's maybe a more recent development, but I don't know if you want to maybe talk briefly about that or anything specific well, that you wanted sure. to mention.
1: I do see on your oh. Facebook that you love trees. So I know you like a balance of technology and what it can do for us, but also <laughs> hugging trees, which is healthy.
2: Oh, I love hugging trees. Cause I think like we, we all need, we all need to forest bathe and all that stuff. But I do have a group for um, yeah. Entrepreneurs with disabilities. You don't have to be a fully fledged like entrepreneur. Woo-hoo. Uh, it, and it's, at the moment it's been a little quiet. Cause I, I took a little bit of a technology break for a couple of weeks I had to focus on some other things, but it is, it is a group. And basically it's very, um, I I sometimes do things about like how to do a live or how to do a video. If you can't see what on earth you're doing, Um, you know, I just like to give people tips. I'm going to be trying to pump, pump out some courses. And I've actually written a little book, which hasn't been published yet because I, have to just get a few things tweaked on it, but it's a book about like the things you can do in your business every day to, to just help you move forward. So I'd love to, if you look for Mitch Creedy on Facebook, um, and I'm sure that Brian and Kerry will put the name out on the podcast or whatever somehow, but uh, feel free to friend me on Facebook and, um, you know, if you want to join the group or whatever, I don't want to make a big pitch here on the show, but it's just fun. We just have fun together. There's no like hidden agenda. We just, I just, we just want to help each other.
0: Oh, that's great. So we can, we'll definitely share your your Facebook page in in the uh, in the podcast notes. Then after we post this online, if that's if that's cool with you, we'd love to get more connections. And-
1: definitely have you back on if the, you know when this book comes comes about because to talk more about what you talk about in that book so let us know when that when that comes around and we'll we'll have you back on for sure for sure sure. for sure take care thank you for
2: having me
0: send us an email outlook on radio western at gmail.com find us on twitter at outlook cfb And on Facebook, facebook.com slash outlook on Radio Western.